Welcome to Cathedral Square, hosted by Father Christopher Smith, Episcopal Vicar and Rector of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, California. For the next half hour, you'll have an opportunity to find out about some of the history, little-known facts, and the upcoming events at the beautiful campus on the corner of Chapman and Lewis, or, as we like to say, at the intersection of faith and reason. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to another very special edition of Cathedral Square with Father Christopher Smith. My name is Jim Governale. I am the program producer, the behind-the-scenes guy here at Orange County Catholic Radio, where we uh, record and produce several different radio programs that uh, run right here on Relevant Radio. Now, coming up in this next half hour, we're going to share some very special messages delivered as homilies by Father Christopher. On the first half of our broadcast, we're going to feature his homily from August the 25th, which was the 21st Sunday of Ordinary Time. And we are invited by Jesus in the Gospel today to go through the narrow door. Here's Father Christopher Smith. When you think about it... We spend a lot of time going through doors. The doors to our houses, and the doors to the rooms of our houses, the doors to our cars, the doors to the houses of our friends and our relatives, the doors to our workplace, the doors to the supermarket, the doors to the doctor's office, the doors that let us in, to Christ's Cathedral, or wherever your parish might be, we spend a lot of time going through doors. And depending on how big the door is, and how big what needs to go through the door is, depends on how easy it is to get through that door. During this past week, I've been spending a lot of time moving around stuffed furniture in my house. And that's a project, as you know, and usually the worst part is getting through those doors. (laughs) And you don't know how that furniture is going to fit through, but, you know, usually, sometimes, it does. If it doesn't, then we got to put it in another room or take out the roof. I don't know. Anyway, you know, those little doors to the restrooms on an airplane? Oh, my gosh. I don't think those were designed for human beings. You can hardly get through those doors. And at the same time, if there's a big old wide door and we just strut right on in and it feels really good or we can bring the piece of furniture in, whatever it is. So the wider the door, the easier it is usually to get through. And I'm thinking about doors today because Jesus says, strive to enter through the narrow door. The narrow door is an image for life in Jesus. The narrow door is an image for the challenges that life in Jesus puts before us. And it is precisely those challenges that Jesus puts before us that helps us get through the challenges of our lives or the other narrow doors. You know, I know in my life, and I'm sure it's true for you, there's doors that I've gone through that I haven't wanted to go through. And there's doors maybe ahead of you that you need to go through and you really don't want to. 
Maybe you've had to go through the door of a hospital room and, and there is your dear relative, maybe your mom or dad or friend who is very ill, maybe even dying, and who wants to go through that door? I remember very well over these last couple of years, sometimes specifically I did not want to go through the front doors of my house where I grew up because I had to go two times a couple years apart through those doors and tell my elderly dad that one of their sons had died suddenly. I didn't want to go through the doors even of my family home that day. We know sometimes there are difficult doors. There are the doors to the students here, the principal's office. And you know what it usually means if you have to go to the principal's office. Or maybe the doors to the classroom and you know you're going to have a really hard test that day. <laughs> and you just don't want to go, Mom, I don't want to go to school today. Or maybe if you're a teenager and you get home later than you're supposed to. I know it never happens to families here, but I've heard about it before. You stand outside that door and you know mom and dad are going to be there waiting for you. <laughs> you don't want to go in. Maybe it's the door to the boss's office and you're afraid of what he or she might have to tell you. There are difficult doors in our lives. Maybe the doors to the room where your husband or wife is and you know that he or she is there waiting to have that conversation that you've put off too long in having and it will be tough. Or maybe a door to your child's bedroom and you know you need to speak to him or her about something tough and you don't want to go in. We've got plenty of doors in our lives that we've had to go through or might still have to go through that are very difficult. And here is the deal. When we hear Jesus say, go through the narrow door, we need to remember that we have a choice every day. The choice is to, with the power of God and Jesus, to face the realities of the challenges of our lives as we go through those doors, or we can't put off going through them altogether. We can pretend that the problem or the challenge doesn't exist. We can sail down, as some say, the river of denial. Sometimes we can lose ourselves in frantic activity. Oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. And sometimes we're so busy <clears throat> that we can't even attend to the stuff that's really important in our lives. We can go through those wider doors of spending hours in front of the television or the computer or texting or whatever it might be just so we don't have to go through the narrow door of facing whatever it is that is tough. So, what are some of those difficult narrow doors that life in Jesus gives to us to help us through the narrow doors of our lives? Well, one of those is the narrow door of self-giving love instead of the wider door of selfishness. It is the narrow door that Jesus calls us to go through that says, you know what, today I'm going to put aside what I really want to do because I'm going to help out mom or I'm going to help my friend or I'm going to go to an event that I really don't want to go to but you know what, they'll be so happy I'm there. That is a narrow door. The narrow door of trusting that God is with us even when there is very little evidence 
that God is with us. I've had those moments in life, where are you God, where are you? And yet the narrow door is the door that says, I'm going to hang out with you. I'm going to trust that you're with me instead of taking the wider door of saying, ah, God, you're not with me. You don't care. It doesn't matter. That's the wide door. The narrow door is to trust God's presence even when at the moment there is not a whole lot of evidence that God is there because eventually if we go through that narrow door of renewing our trust in God, we'll find that God is there after all. There is that narrow door that Jesus gives to us which is called forgiveness. Wow, that's a narrow door. To go through that narrow door and say to somebody who has hurt you deeply, I forgive you, that is a narrow door. Instead of the big old wide door of being mad for the rest of your life or angry or figuring out how you can get the person back. That's the wide door. The narrow door is forgiveness. And the other side of that is to go through that very narrow door, squeezing through and saying how embarrassing it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really messed up. I know I hurt you. That is a narrow door. The narrow door of life in Jesus is also the narrow door of widening what I call our radius of care. That means that we extend our concern beyond our family or our circle of friends and pay attention to what is going on out there. The wider door is to ignore it. I know lots of people who say, you know what, I never watch the news anymore because it's just bad news. Well, you know, that's the wider door. The narrow door is to put up with it because sometimes it's not really news, it's entertainment. And through it all, there really is a lot of stuff going on in our world. The narrow door is to pay attention to children who are separated from their parents. The narrow door is to pay attention to articles where people who are homeless are camping out and they're being removed. We have to do something about this, yes, and at the same time, we cannot pretend that it doesn't exist or harden our hearts. That's the narrow door. The narrow door can start right within our own families and seeing who is out there that could use my care, that could use my concern. The way of Jesus means my world is giant when it comes to paying attention to what's going on out there and how human beings are being treated and how they are living their lives. You know, after all, it really is the narrow door of Jesus' life that gets us through the narrow doors of life's challenges. So, you have a choice. You either can have the choice of going through that little narrow door on the airplane that you can barely make through, or the wider door of a building that gives you complete access. Who's going to choose the airplane door? <laughs> We're going to choose the wider door. So here's what I say today. Let's really be careful that we're not rushing through the wider doors of our lives. And think about what are the narrow doors. 
What are the doors that are hard for us to face or to go through at this very moment of our lives? The good news is that we have the narrow door of the life in Jesus Christ that loves generously, that trusts in God, that is forgiving, and that has a huge radius of concern for other people. My brothers and sisters, I hope that those aspects of narrow doors in the life of Jesus, and there are more, will help us get through whatever the narrow door is right now for each of us. Yeah, it might be a tight squeeze, but it's worth it. Mm, Very special message from Father Christopher Smith. And that winds down the first half of today's edition of Cathedral Square. Do stay with us right here on Relevant Radio. And you're listening to another very special edition of Cathedral Square, right here on Relevant Radio. My name is Jim Governale. Now, for the second half of today's program, we go back to Father Christopher's homily that he delivered on September the 8th, which was the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. And we hear from Jesus in the Gospel today about how important it is to make plans in our lives. Once again, here's Father Christopher. Almost every day we make plans. Plans about what we're going to wear. Plans about how we're going to get to work. Plans about what we're going to do at work. Plans about how we're going to accomplish a particular project. We make plans about who's going to take care of the kids. What are we going to make for dinner? How is there going to be time to go to the store? We make plans every single day, and these are what are called short-term plans. In our lives, we also, at times, we make long-term plans, thinking about the future. Thinking about, well, where do we eventually want to live? Or what kind of job do I eventually want to have? Some of the younger ones among us might think about, what about my education? What about my career? What about my profession? What do I want to do with my life? And and how am I going to try and plan that out? There might be people in the church today who are making plans for a wedding next year. Or maybe some who are making plans for a quinceanera or a family reunion, but it's far off, but you've already started making your plans. Perhaps there are those that spend time making financial plans. How are you going to make the finances that you have work? And maybe there are some of us thinking about how are we going to retire? And what kind of plans do we want to make for our retirement? Where will we live? What are our finances? These are long-term plans. And we know that it is a good idea to plan because often if we don't make any plan at all, things just happen. And sometimes there is chaos, sometimes there is disorder. It really helps to make plans. We find out in the gospel today that Jesus thinks it's very important as his disciples to make plans. 
and he gives the example of who would sit down and try to figure out how to build a tower without figuring out how much it would cost to see if you have enough money to complete the project because you don't want a half-finished tower. And then Jesus gives us some very strong words about who is to be central in the plans of our life. Guess who? Him. He says, if father and mother and brother and sister are in the way of you following me, and making me central in your life, then you have to renounce them. Pretty powerful words. You must renounce all your possessions and follow me. So does that mean that after Mass today you go out and sell your house and your car and all the rest of it or you can't follow Jesus? It doesn't mean that. However, it does mean if the things that we have, the possessions that we have, the pursuit of them are in the way of following Him, and we place so much attention on those things that we do not think about the Lord, then we do have to make some adjustments in our lives. Today, as we gather as disciples of the Lord, it is really important for us to make sure in the plans of our lives that Jesus is central. That every day in making our plans, we ask the Lord, this is the question I ask, I say, Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, what would you have me say? I can tell you every time I sit down to prepare a homily, I don't just sit there and start writing, no. I say, Lord, what would you have me say to the folks this weekend? Before I have an appointment with somebody, I say, Lord, what would you have me say to this person? Lord, how can you help me to listen well to what this person has to say? If there's some decision that I have to make as the rector, the pastor of the parish, I say, Lord, what would you have me do? It's the same for all of us. Great question, simple and important. Lord, what would you have me say to my husband or my wife? Lord, what would you have me say to my son or my daughter? Lord, what would you have me say to my boss at work? Lord, what would you have me do in the midst of this situation where I'm kind of stuck? Lord, what would you have me say? You know, hardly a day passes when I'm not with somebody in some situation and pulls out their phone and asks Siri a question. How many times do we ask Siri questions in our lives? How do I get there? What is this? What is that? What time is it? How's the weather? And these aren't even people. These are electronic devices. Some of us might even talk to Alexa. Alexa, how's the weather today? Alexa, would you play? Well, anyway, I won't say. Anyway, we ask Alexa, we Google. What is a Google anyway? Well, I don't know, but it's important for us to spend time asking questions. None of these things are even people. Can you imagine if we asked the Lord for his input as many times as some of us ask Siri and Alexa or Google things, how the Lord might become more and more central in our lives? That's the point. And it is especially important that we put the Lord central in our lives because there's so much of life that happens that we do not plan at all. 
And there are so many plans that never turn out exactly as we have planned. In fact, in my experience, no plan turns out exactly as we plan it, usually. And then there's those very unexpected things like the terrible hurricane in the Bahamas. This coming week, we will be observing the 18th anniversary of the terrorist attack on the World Trade Center, Trade Center and the, the Pentagon. These are unexpected events. And in our lives, it's important that the Lord is central. So when the unexpected and unplanned happens, the first person that we know we can turn to is the Lord. And the Lord also helps us to deal with the unexpected circumstances of our lives. With the Lord's guidance and the guidance of our good minds and hearts, we can figure out what to do in the midst of a natural disaster or an attack. It is the Lord's presence that can help us to deal with the unexpected or the unplanned in our lives. In making plans, we also really need to take care of our relationships. We can be so intent on planning our future, our education, or our work, or our next vacation, that we forget that there are people who are affected by our plans. What we plan makes a difference in the lives of other people. We need to make sure that there is a balance between the amount of time and energy that we spend at work or at school or on some kind of a project or in some kind of sports activity or school event, that there's enough balance between that time spent and time spent with mom and dad, husband and wife, brother, sister and friends. You know, these days it seems like it is almost a badge of honor to say how busy you are. Well, how are you today? Oh, I'm so busy. I can't, you can't believe I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Well, I hope that we are not so busy that we don't attend to the relationships in our lives because it's more important to be busy than to be attentive. I remember when I was first ordained a priest, the first years of my priesthood, I was so busy. I was so busy I couldn't go to family events. I was so busy I couldn't hang out with friends. And then finally I realized I was so busy that my relationships were suffering. And I had to make some adjustments and I'm glad I did. Because my ministry as a priest is central, yes. And also important in my life as in yours are my family, are my friends, are my brother priests. We need to attend to the relationships in our lives while we make our plans. And finally, it is important that we care for ourselves when we are making plans. Self-care, what is it? Self-care means that we get the sleep we need. It means that we take the time of quiet and prayer that we need to listen to the Lord. Self-care means that we spend time having fun, that we do have some kind of recreation in our lives. Now, some people think that self-care is another way of saying selfish. So that if I'm caring for myself, then, you know, all that's, that's all I care about. Well, we can go overboard with it, I guess. However, if we are not rested, guess what? We're going to be grouchy. If we don't attend to making our life 
balanced, we are not going to be good for other people at all. So the extent to which we make sure that we rest and that we we get the kind of diet that is good for us and that we hang out with friends and have fun, that's going to make us better for other people. Yes, there are times in our lives and circumstances where we can't get the sleep that we need and we do have to stay up and all the rest of it. But there are plenty of times when maybe we're overdoing and we're not getting that adequate rest to be attentive to the Lord and each other. You know, as disciples of Jesus, we are not to just sit around and watch life happen. We know from the gospel today that we are to plan. And there are three parts to that planning as the Lord's disciples. One, he is the center of it all. Next, we care for our relationships and we also care for ourselves. My brothers and sisters, I can tell you, if we plan that way, there's not going to be any half-finished towers. No. There's going to be lives that are full and joyful and complete because we plan rooted in the love and the care of our Lord Jesus Christ. You've been listening to the Cathedral Square Radio Show with Father Christopher Smith. To hear this program again or to download the podcast, go to OCCatholic.com and click Radio. Be sure to share and tell a friend as well. Have a blessed day.